0: welcome to this week in royal history where we take a look at the captivating stories of royals from around the world across various centuries and explore the impact that they had on history and society through their triumphs and tragedies these royals shaped the world we live in today leaving behind legacies that continue to inspire and intrigue us the tudors dynasty podcast Once upon a time, in the vibrant and tumultuous 14th century, a remarkable princess named Philippa of England came into the world on a fateful summer's day, the 4th of June, 1394. Born to the illustrious lineage of Henry Bolingbroke and Mary de Bowen, her arrival was celebrated with great anticipation and whispered prophecies of her destined greatness. Little did anyone know that Philippa's life would be interwoven with the threads of history in extraordinary ways. At the tender age of five, her father ascended to the throne as Henry IV of England, forever changing the course of her young life. From that moment forward, she would grow up surrounded by the opulence and intrigue of the royal court amidst nobles and advisors vying for influence and power. But Philippa's journey took an unexpected turn when, in the year 1406, she found herself standing before the altar, joining her life to that of Eric of Pomerania, the enigmatic ruler of the Colmar Union and the king of Denmark, Norway, and Sweden. It was a union that would bind her fate to the fortunes of three kingdoms and thrust her into a world of politics and diplomacy. In the following years, while Eric embarked on the transformative pilgrimage, Philippa assumed the role of regent for the realms under her husband's dominion. Her young heart brimming with determination and a keen intellect, she faced the challenges of governance with courage and wisdom beyond her years. The people, captivated by her charisma and inspired by her leadership, hailed her as a beacon of hope amidst turbulent times. Yet it was in the year 1428 that Philippa's name would be etched into the annals of history As a fearless defender of her people. When the mighty Hanseatic League threatened the walls of Copenhagen, she rallied her subjects to organize a valiant defense, her spirit unwavering and her resolve unyielding. Amidst the chaos of battle, she emerged as a towering figure leading her forces with unmatched bravery. Her deeds became the stuff of legends, and the grateful citizens of Copenhagen hailed her as a heroine, forever engraving her name upon their hearts. But fate, cruel and unpredictable, held yet another twist in store for Philippa. Tragedy struck when, in the winter of 1430, she found herself on the precipice of life and death, clinging to the last remnants of her strength. In a heart-wrenching turn of events, she succumbed to the trials of childbirth, bringing forth a stillborn son. The world mourned the loss of a remarkable woman, taken from them far too soon. Philippa's legacy, however, would endure forever, etched in the pages of history. The tale of Philippa of England, a princess whose life danced on the stage of history, reminds us of the incredible stories hidden within the corridors of time. Her courage, intellect, and unwavering spirit continue to inspire generations a testament to the indomitable human spirit and the extraordinary power that resides within each and every one of us. While Philippa of England left an indelible mark on the tapestry of history, her story intertwines with another figure, born on the 5th of June, decades before her time. As the sun cast its golden rays upon King's Langley Palace in the year 1341, a baby boy named Edmund made his grand entrance into the world. His parents, the revered Edward III of England and the most noble Philippa of Hinault, welcomed their fourth surviving son with joy and anticipation. From his earliest days, Edmund's destiny seemed intertwined with the currents of power and dynasty. In July of 1372, he exchanged vows with the radiant Isabella of Castile forging a bond that would shape the course of his life. Together they embarked on a journey of love and devotion, blessed with three cherished children who brought light and laughter to their noble halls. It was in the heaty days of August 1385 that Edmund's path took a transformative turn. Recognizing his unwavering loyalty and noble spirit, he was bestowed with the illustrious title of Duke of York an honor that set him apart as the first bearer of that coveted mantle. Little did he know that this very act would be the catalyst for a legacy that would reverberate through the ages. Edmund, the founder of the House of York, stood at the epicenter of a storm that would shake the foundations of England. The flames of conflict ignited during the Wars of the Roses, a bitter struggle between the House of Lancaster and the House of York for the throne. As the scions of these rival factions clashed on the battlefield, the echoes of their strife reverberated across the land, shaping the destiny of a nation. Yet it is through Edmund's youngest son, Richard of Konigsberg, that his lineage weaves its intricate tapestry. From this seed of ancestry sprouted great-grandchildren who would etch their names into history's annals, like Edward IV and Richard III. And from there, the branches of Edmund's family tree stretched wide and far, encompassing all English monarchs that would follow, commencing with the formidable Henry VIII. In a twist of fate, his great-great-granddaughter, Elizabeth of York, would play an instrumental role in the union of the houses of York and Lancaster through her marriage to Henry VII. When the final chapter of Edmund's life was written on the 1st of August, 1402, the world mourned the loss of a remarkable man. His mortal remains found rest in the sacred grounds of King's Langley Priory, where his tomb became a testament to his noble lineage and enduring legacy. As the tides of time shifted, his earthly resting place was relocated in 1575 to All Saints Church, nestled in the heart of King's Langley after the dissolution of the priory. Edmund's story, intertwined with the rise and fall of kingdoms, served as a reminder that within the intricate threads of history lie the tales of individuals who shaped the world around them. Through his bloodline, a legacy was born, one that resonated through generations, leaving an indelible mark on the tapestry of England's rulers and illuminating the path for those who would follow in his footsteps. As the pages of history turn, the tale of Edmund Crouchback unfolds, revealing a lineage that stretches back to a time long past. Born on a wintry day, the 16th of January in the year 1245, within the bustling city of London, he entered the world as the cherished second son of King Henry III of England and the radiant Eleanor province. His elder brother Edward would one day ascend to the throne of England as Edward I, But Edmund's own path would carve a unique and notable narrative. In 1267, the mantle of nobility was bestowed upon Edmund as he was granted the titles of Earl of Leicester and Lancaster. With these honors adorning him, he stepped into the footsteps of his esteemed family, carrying their legacy with pride. But it was upon the stage of the Ninth Crusade, amidst the storied sands of a distant land, that Edmund would receive a moniker that would forever be associated with his name. During his time on the Crusade in 1271, Edmund, adorned in a distinctive attire, caught the attention of his comrades. His attire, featuring a cross displayed prominently on his back, earned him the nickname Crouchback, symbolizing his devotion and commitment to his faith. Thus, this unique appellation became forever entwined with the legacy of Edmund, adding a touch of mystique to his story. In the year 1276, Edmund forged a union of hearts and kingdoms when he entered into his second marriage, this time with the beguiling Blanche of Artois. Together, they nurtured a family and celebrated the arrival of three beloved sons, creating a legacy that would reverberate through the annals of time. Yet fate, in its capricious nature, had a different chapter in store for Edmund. As the years unfolded, Edmund found himself embroiled in the siege of Bayonne. It was during this tumultuous conflict that his life was tragically cut short on the 5th of June in 1296. At the age of 51, Edmund breathed his last breath, leaving behind a legacy as rich as the soil on which he fought. As the story of Edmund draws to a close, the tapestry of history unfurls to reveal the life of another noble figure, born in the vibrant city of Paris on the 4th of October, 1289. This figure was none other than Louis, the son of Philip IV of France and Joan I of Navarre, a prince whose destiny would be shaped by the intricacies of power, love, and tragedy. At the age of fifteen, Louis was thrust into the role of King of Navarre, following the passing of his mother. It was a weighty burden for one so young, yet he shouldered the responsibilities with a sense of duty that surpassed his years. In that same transformative year, he entered into a union with Margaret of Burgundy, a marriage that held the promise of joy and prosperity. Their love was blessed with the birth of a daughter the future Joan II of Navarre, whose destiny would intertwine with the course of history. However, life's twists and turns often lead down unforeseen paths, and tragedy befell Louis and his family. In 1314, a storm of scandal and betrayal engulfed the royal court, as charges of adultery were leveled against Margaret and her sister-in-law Blanche of Burgundy along with the wives of Louis' brothers. In a grim turn of events, Margaret and Blanche were found guilty, sentenced to a lifetime of imprisonment. Margaret's life fraught with suffering met a tragic end within the walls of her prison in 1315. Now, despite the darkness that overshadowed his personal life, Louis ascended to the throne as Louis X of France in late 1314, taking up the mantle of his ancestors. Seeking solace and companionship, he remarried shortly after Margaret's death, joining hands with Clementia of Hungary. Together they welcomed the arrival of a son, a beacon of hope for the dynasty. Yet fate would once again unleash its cruel hand upon Louis's family. On the 5th of June in the year 1316, Louis died, leaving behind a kingdom steeped in grief. His infant son, John I came into the world after his father's passing, inheriting the crown that was never graced by his father's touch. The young prince's reign was fleeting, lasting a mere five days before he too succumbed to the fragility of life. As the tales of monarchs intertwine, the chronicles of history unveil yet another momentous occasion, set in the vibrant city of London. On the 6th of June, 1522, the illustrious Charles V Holy Roman Emperor made his grand entrance into the heart of England, accompanied by the formidable Henry VIII himself. The purpose of Charles's visit was twofold, to forge a robust alliance between the respective realms and to solidify a betrothal that held the promise of future union and prosperity. As a nephew of Catherine of Aragon, the Queen Consort of England, Charles bore a familial connection to the English court. It was in this context that his journey to England took on a deeper significance. His betrothal to the young Princess Mary, the six-year-old daughter of Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. This would not only secure a bond between their dynasties, but also fuel the intricate web of alliances and power dynamics that defined the politics of the time. As Charles and Henry embarked on their progression through London, the city came alive with pageantry and celebration. The streets teemed with eager onlookers, captivated by the regal splendor and the promise of a prosperous alliance. Magnificent pageants unfolded displaying the wealth and creativity of the English court, a spectacle that left quite the impression on all who bore witness to it. In the weeks that followed, Charles V embarked on a journey that took him to many of Henry's grand palaces. The meetings and discussions held between these powerful rulers shaped the course of history and solidified their bond. The diplomatic endeavors of their time together laid the foundation for a lasting alliance, one that would have far-reaching consequences in the realm of international affairs. After a month of camaraderie discussions and diplomatic exchanges, Charles bid farewell to the English court in mid-July. The amicable parting of ways served as a testament to the successful outcome of his visit. Leaving behind a sense of goodwill and strengthened ties between the realms. As the echoes of Charles's visit lingered in the corridors of power, the world watched with bated breath, eager to witness the unfolding chapters of an alliance poised to shape the destiny of nations. In history, the entry of Charles V into London stands as a milestone. A fleeting moment when the fates of empires converged and a path was paved towards a future of intertwined destinies and shared aspirations. As the threads of history continue to wave their intricate patterns, the tale of Anne of Bohemia emerges, a young woman born into noble lineage. On the 11th of May in the year 1366, within the embrace of Prague, Anne drew her first breath a cherished daughter of Charles IV, the revered Holy Roman Emperor, and Elizabeth of Pomerania. In the twists and turns of fate, Anne's path led her across the sea to the shores of England. It was in January 1382 that her destiny was joined with Richard II, the youthful monarch who sat upon the English throne. In a union that stirred the hearts of many, Anne and Richard exchanged vows of matrimony their tender age of 15, a testament to the whims of dynastic alliances. Accounts of their marriage speak of a deep and affectionate bond, a love story that blossomed amidst the halls of power. Anne's wisdom and counsel may have guided Richard in matters both personal and political, as they navigated the challenges and responsibilities befitting their royal station. But alas, their union was not blessed with the laughter of children, leaving an ache within their hearts. Tragedy, like an uninvited guest, cast its shadow upon the young people. The devastating plague, a relentless scourge of the era, claimed Anne's life on the 7th of June, 1394. She was 28 years old. Richard's anguish over the loss of his beloved Anne was so profound that he ordered the very palace where she drew her last breath to be demolished a poignant testament to his heartbreak. In death, Anne of Bohemia found her final resting place at the hallowed Westminster Abbey. In a moment that shaped the course of history, on the 9th of June, 1660, Maria Theresa of Spain stood before her cousin Louis XIV of France to pledge her eternal devotion and matrimony. Their union held within it the power to bring an end to the protracted conflict that had engulfed Spain and France, a war that had cast a shadow over their realms for far too long. Their wedding was a grand affair, a symbolic bridge constructed on the border that once divided their lands. As they exchanged vows and sealed their fate, the hopes of reconciliation and unity flickered like a flame in their hearts. The promise of peace and prosperity hung in the air, intertwining the destinies of their kingdoms. Maria Theresa and Louis XIV welcomed the arrival of six children, though the challenges of life would steal away all but their eldest son, Louis. Their lineage carried the weight of their shared legacy. Through Maria Theresa's lineage, a formidable claim to the Spanish throne emerged. Their grandson, Philip V of Spain, would ascend to the seat of power in the year 1700, marking the dawn of the Spanish Bourbon dynasty. With the blood of Maria Theresa and Louis XIV coursing through his veins, Philip would leave his mark on the history of Spain, shaping its destiny for generations to come. And lastly, a quick little interesting piece of history from this week in royal history I'd like to share with you. Two daughters of George II of Great Britain and Caroline of Ansbach, whose names were Caroline and Amelia, were both born on the 10th of June, Caroline in 1713 and Amelia in 1711. These sisters played significant roles in British history, with Caroline serving as a devoted daughter and Amelia becoming a philanthropic figure. Thank you so much for listening again this week to This Week in Royal History. I'd like to give a special shout out to my newest patron, Joyce M. Thank you so much, Joyce, and thank you for all of my existing patrons as well. If you'd like to become a patron and receive these episodes commercial free, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash tutorsdynasty. Thanks again for listening. I'm Rebecca Larson. Until next time.